Welcome to another Fun Fill Friday edition of Second City Sports and welcome to March Madness, baby. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenny McNeil on the Twitter and at Kenny McNeil on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today, wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch up, uh, up on our other live shows that we have airing throughout the week. So you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can catch us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, catch follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, we know you've been doing that, but we need more of you to do so. You can subscribe to our podcast by finding us at War Media Podcast. No more anchor is War Media Podcast. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R Media Podcast. Once again, War Media Podcast with an S. So War Media Podcast is where you can find our lovely programming via uh, Second City Sports Podcast. And while you're at it, just go ahead and give War Media a follow on all social media platforms at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow War Media on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions doing our two-hour extravaganza? We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up in the comment section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. We know this is St. Patrick's weekend day weekend for some of you, but if you decide to troll and don't do something silly or stupid, I'm giving Lakina full power to give you fools to be a and be a boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love when she says that. But before we begin, we must remind you that you also catch Sports on Chicago now on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate the squad and give it the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on the sports folder and download that Sports on Chicago app through that way. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your personal PC like Lakina's using right now, like your Chromebook like I'm using right now, just go on to the Google Play Store and download their Roku TV app and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and give it the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. Anywhere, anytime you want. And you know we can't provide. <laughs> <clears throat> there we go. There we go. That's more like it. Now we got. All right. All right. Yeah, we got a lot to do today on this St. Patrick's Day edition. So if you guys are off to on St. Patrick's Day, get ready to party. You know, make sure you guys do it safely, folks. You know, no drinking and driving or any other foolishness. But you know, if you're gonna if you're watching some March Madness, you know, we got some games going on for you right now. As we speak, we're gonna have uh, AB7 New York's Ryan Field to talk. Aaron Rodgers, Giants, Jets, and maybe some of his Spartans too. You know, they're playing right now as we speak in the tournament. They're actually tied with uh, USC 30, at 34 in Columbus. And you got, you know, Kennesaw State, you know, first time in the tournament giving number three Xavier all they can handle. Uh, they're up uh, by one point, 34-33, about five minutes left in the game. But we're going to get 
you know, start with yesterday's action. You know, of course, it's going to be kind of sort of like made most of this hour. We're going to talk uh, all NCAA uh, men's hoops. So, of course, we'll, we'll talk. We'll start with uh, Northwestern. Northwestern was a solid win against you know, a, a solid uh, Boise State team from the Mountain West Conference. Um, it'll be, you know, not, not bad for a team that hasn't been in the tournament. You know, we thought that maybe some of the nerves would get to the uh, would get to them. They, it didn't happen. Uh, Boo Booey, uh, you know, as he goes, so does Northwestern. And uh, yeah, what do you think about about that, Sid? What do you think about the the game uh, last night with uh, against Boise State? Coming into the game, Northwestern, we talked about this all year. Looking, they're a very good defensive team. Of course, head coach Chris Collins uh, uh, leads their charge with that. But my concern was where we're going to get the offense from besides Boo Booey, where you saw um, Mr. Audich yesterday, uh, Chase Audich uh, contributed with 20 points. You also saw, saw Ty Berry contributing with 13 points, including uh, five or seven from the field and three or four from three-party range. And so you saw a balanced scoring to help out Boo Boo yesterday, who led the team with 22. Northwestern had a nice start to the game, but those Boise State Broncos came back uh, and, and made a game of it late. And they had a, actually had a great start to that second half. But Northwestern, before yesterday's game, they were 20-1 and one when holding their opponents to 64 points and under. I know they gave up 67 yesterday, but they still did a good job. Whenever the Broncos made a run, Northwestern responded right back. We all know in the game of basketball, whether it's high school, college, or the NBA, it's about a game of runs. The Northwestern had enough energy, and they stayed with their game plan to hold out the Broncos yesterday. I was surprised by the Deccan Hart kid, uh, number two for uh-huh. Boise State. He is a big yeah. man, but he, he even though he had eight points, he could really move it inside and go, go up and down the floor. I'm not saying he, he I'm going to bet him in a track race, but – he can move mobily for a big man his size. Yeah, he's actually a pretty uh, big guy. Um, you know, he was. Um, you know, that, that that I really like him. You know, we'll see. You know, if you know, maybe he could be a pro prospect. Um, you know, I think from the Northwest, like I said, I think you know, Boo Booey, like you said, you know, as he, as I said, you know, as he goes, so so does um, Northwest also. Also, too, you talked you talked about all digits. Well, he had twenty points. You know, kicked in for them. Uh, this is in the West region, the first round. So. You know, a nice move for Northwestern. I mean, I, I think, look, if you're, I think if you're Chris Collins, you know, not bad showing for a team that hasn't, you know, been determined for the last five years. These guys are, this is the t- sixth year, I should say, and this is like a totally new experience for them. So, didn't let the nerves get the best of them. You know, you gotta, you mm-hmm. know, it was good to see the crowd from Northwestern. You know, they, they travel pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I thought it was, a, you know, like I said, it was a, a nice win, a nice solid team win. Now they will get to their opponent in, in a second. They're going to be playing tomorrow because uh, they're on a mission. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about Illinois for a second. Well, I want to just wrap up a couple of things about Northwestern yesterday. I know, I know they got uh, rebounded by eight forty-one mm-hmm. to thirty-three, but their shooting from from um, from the two and from the three was very impressive. They shot forty-nine percent overall for the game, but thirty-eight percent for three-point range. We know that Northwestern. It's not the world's greatest team uh, shooting the three-point well from that range, but they did a, a heck of a job yesterday in, in shooting from the three-point range, and they only had seven turnovers uh, for the entire game. They really took care of the basketball. Yeah, they, they really did. You know, and I think they all had like, like nine or ten turnovers, so, you know, that was, uh, you know, that's kind of like that was another issue for Northwestern. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's good showing there. We'll get to their opponent in a second. We're staying in the West region. This time we're going to talk about Illinois. Uh, Arkansas <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah, I know. We we have to, but uh, Arkansas beat Illinois in the first round uh, by 10, 73 to 63. <sighs> Sid, I mean, look, we we look. Unfortunately, the bad Illini squad uh, showed mm-hmm. up. Uh, Ricky Council, the four for uh, Arkansas, had eighteen 
points. Uh, Devontae Davis has 16 points for you know for Arkansas too. You know a double double for our council. And uh, the for Coleman Hawkins had uh, 10 points. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. had 20 points to lead away for the Illini. But other than him, uh, Melendez and Hawkins, there really wasn't a lot of scoring for Illinois. Uh, they were six for twenty-two from three-point range. That's not that's not going to win you tournament games. That's not going to you know win it for you. Uh, they were actually out rebounded by Arkansas. Uh, well, they, they actually had the rebound. It was actually right there for the rebound. They had like forty. You know, they actually out rebounded. Uh, um, Arkansas out rebounded uh, Illinois. You know, forty-three to like thirty-two or thirty-three or thirty-four. So it was really their big guy for uh, Arkansas. Uh, like I said, Davis and Council had some uh, good scoring. And it, it's just like, this is, again, this is the, t- the problem with Illinois all season long. Not being able to shoot the three, you know, the, the lack mm-hmm. of rebounding, guys struggling. And uh, we'll get to the Coleman Hawkins comments because uh, his comments were a little uh, colorful, to say the least, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little like, so yeah, what do you think about Illinois' performance against uh, Arkansas uh, yesterday? Yeah, shout out to our guy, Brandon Shells. I hope you're doing What's well. Up, Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, too. Uh, Illinois, you, you said it all, Lakina. Uh, they were the worst team in the Big Ten shooting it from three-point range uh, so far this season, and they shot it uh, a 20, at a 27% rate yesterday, and that's not going to get it done. Uh, RJ Melendez, who I thought who showed up in that second half, he, he was in foul trouble. He ended up with 10 points. Uh, Coleman Hawkins had some big shots. I know he had 10 points overall, but Dane Danger, only five five points and six rebounds. That's not going to get it done. That's been Arkansas your guy. killed That's been your guy all season long. I know, I know, I know. But our, to me, Arkansas was killing Illinois inside, and they stepped up that defense, especially in the interior, blocking shots. As I said on our previous show last week, Illinois must, with Terrence Shannon and their guards, must attack the middle. They did, mm-hmm. but they got that stuff blocked uh, multiple times. And I thought for a while they were intimidated of going in, inside. And they mm-hmm. started to do that a little bit in the second half, but I thought it was a little bit too late. But uh, Luke Goody had 20, 23 minutes of action off the bench. He only had uh, six points, two or three from three-point range. But I thought he should have played a little bit more. I was uh, giving us a little bit more for scoring opportunities. I think that was a, one mistake there for the Illini. But uh, uh, Ty Rogers only had six points. Uh, Jaden Epps really didn't give you anything. He only had two points. Terrence Shannon ended up with 20, but uh, Matt Meyer, two points, always six from downtown. That's one of the main lines, uh, one of the reasons why Illinois is not playing today. And Dane Danger, as I said before, he really didn't give you anything inside yesterday. So uh, those three outliers are, are, are the reasons why, in my opinion, the Illinois didn't rain yesterday. As I told you before, we started uh, broadcasting today. I wasn't surprised that Illinois was going to lose this game yesterday. Of course, I want them to win, but I wasn't surprised of the out of the outcome. Yeah, it was definitely uh, when when uh, Arkansas. I think Arkansas was up by like as many as sixteen at one point. I mm-hmm. figured, uh, yeah, that that's about it for uh, Illinois. So uh, yeah, I figured. Merce, I thought a lot. I know a lot of Illini fans are probably happy that this the the, the season's over with for them because they have not been. Uh, they have been inconsistent all uh, season long. And uh, like I said, uh, Coleman Hawkins has some uh, pretty interesting comments. Uh, basically talking about, though, as you guys remember, the uh, the freshman, the highly touted freshman, Sky Clark. That was you know, supposed to be uh, Brad Underwood's you know, big-time recruit. You know, he came into the school, you know, left after, like, what, like two weeks, right before the season mm-hmm. started. But before, yeah, right before the season started, ended up going to Louisville. And, uh, yeah, that kind of was sort of like the, the thing that kind of uh, – you'll put Illinois in the hole already. So 
-hmm. You got to wonder, though, like, was this a really big issue? And some people were even saying, I know our buddy Sean Davis, you know, host of Lucky Lefty uh, podcast, he said that, you know, is uh, Brian Underwood really the answer for uh, Illinois? Is he really the guy? I mean, but who would you bring in at this point if you, if you do, if Josh Women does, who's the AD, does decide to fire him? I don't know. Well, what, well, what do you think? Uh, unfortunately, Illinois, even though it's a big-time school and the big-time conference in the Big Ten, it's not up there with North Carolina or Duke or UCLA. It's just not there. Even though the, uh, the, the history of their program tells you that they, they have had success, long-term success. Well, within, of course, each program that goes to, through their down years. But Illinois has had successful teams throughout the years, and they just cannot reach that level. The last time they reached the Final Four was under Peru's rubber. That was uh, 15, 17 years ago. So – I, I don't know who you're going to get at this point if you decide to fire him. Uh, are there assistants are, are capable enough to head coach the team? Should they decide to do that? I don't think so. I think you, well, he, he's back for next year. I'm talking about Underwood. But after that, who knows? Yeah, I, I know a lot of people have been lobbying for Dee Brown. He's over at uh, Roosevelt University. I know, mm -hmm. you know he's been coaching for a few years now in the college level. So um, I'm wondering, like, could he be – some people were saying maybe he could be the guy, the, the answer for them. I know he's still beloved there in Cham down there in mm -hmm. Champaign. I know that for a fact. So that maybe they, they could, maybe down the line he could be a name that could be, you know, be brought up. But, I, I, you know, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, this team under underachieved this year. I think they were picked to be, you know, to finish in the top tier, perhaps even win the conference. So in some in some spots, so I'm, I'm wondering like what what can you do at this point? But yeah, it is what it is with the, with Illinois. Yeah, more NCAA tournament talk coming up on Second City Sports, a Friday fun Friday fun fun Friday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. We have a couple of double digit upsets uh, to talk about that took place yesterday. How does your brackets look? I didn't officially fill one out, but it would have been in the hole just like most of y'all. Whoever says they have a perfect bracket, you're lying. Or as the young kids would say, capping. So <laughs> we'll talk about uh, the upsets and give you some of the results from yesterday's contest. And we'll preview some of tonight's matchups as we wrap up the first round of tournament action. Once again, I'm Sid Deslakina. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports on SportsZone Chicago. More attorney talk after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. 
None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Sorry. Welcome back to Second City Sports of the Friday edition, the March Madness edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zones, Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can find Akina McGee on the Twitter and Akina's going to begin the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to hit us up in the comments section, you could do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Before we start reviewing yesterday's games from the NCAA tournament, just a scoring update for you guys. At halftime in the Midwest region of the first round, we have number 14, Kennesaw State. They're leading number three, Xavier, 43 to 36. And in the other game that's uh, going on in progress right now, Michigan State 45, USC 40. Uh, that's early in the second half. And uh game just started in the South region. You got Baylor, number three, Baylor, and uh, up early at 4-2 to two against number 14, UC Santa Barbara. So, Sid, let's start off with some of these uh, upsets from yesterday. We'll talk about, uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Okay, let, let's talk about uh, Furman beating Virginia. Now, I actually had uh, Furman beating Virginia in a couple of my brackets. Furman, this is their first. This is the first Congrats time. Congrats to you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, being Virginia. This is, like, this is like this is their first uh this is their first trip to the tournament in eighty since nineteen eighty. Their coach Bob Ritchie wasn't even born yet. He's not even forty. So <laughs> their coach wasn't even born yet the last time Furman went to the tournament. And boy, did they uh say, Oh, you know, we're gonna stay a little while. They upset Virginia 68-67 in the South region. <sighs> oh my god. Uh 
it was a little bit of a crazy sequence. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, you got to feel for Kale's Cedric, who uh, is actually a fifth year senior. He was actually on the team, you know, Katie Cedric. Cedric, he was actually mm-hmm. on the team that won a national championship with Virginia a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, 2019 to be exact. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And uh, he was, you know, they were trying to inbound the ball. They were trying to run the clock out. He decided to, uh, you know, throw the ball up in the air, not call a timeout because Virginia had a timeout left. So it wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have no timeouts left or whatever, but he was trapped. He decided, you know, Cedric decided to, you know, to throw the ball in the air. Uh, it was stolen. JP, uh, JP, uh, Pegas, who is the uh, conference player of the year in the south, in the, in the south, in the southern conference, hits the three game away three pointer. That ends up being uh, it for uh, Virginia. Uh, they lose it in, this, in the first round again. Chris Canty, shout out to him, who was a former defensive end for uh, ES, for uh, Virginia, who went to Virginia, of course, you know, played played the pros for about twelve years, went to a couple of Pro Bowls. He was on Get Up. He said that it was basically feast or famine for Virginia, which he's actually right. I mean, either they mm-hmm. win a national championship like they did in twenty nineteen, or they lose early in the first round. So unfortunately, we got the latter. Uh, the Virginia got the latter uh, yesterday. I know that Virginia is known as a very good defensive team. Of course, that's spearheaded by the head coach, Tony Bennett, who's been there for 14 years. I remember him as a third-string backup point guard in the NBA for the, both Charlotte Hornets teams in the early 90s with him, Kendall Gill, Muggsy Bogues, and Alonzo Morning. But anyway, uh, staying with Virginia, I think I told you this uh, during our preview show that Virginia struggles to score in crucial situations, and they like to play the game at their pace. Not a problem with that. We saw that against Duke in the ACC championship game in the tourney game uh, last Saturday night. They couldn't find ways to score when you need to. And they, they don't have a second guy to go get them a basket when times get tough. Now, shout out to Furman. Yesterday, they uh, they knocked down their shots. And you could get a sense, you could, you could get the sense that watching that second half, Virginia could not put Furman away. And we give teams like that hope in. Whether it's false hope or realistic hope, when you let them hang around, they feel like they have a shot and, and confidence grows, and that's what, what we saw yesterday. Yeah, uh, you know, the Paladins from Furman. Uh, I mean, I mean it, it's sort of like one of those things. You like to see these types of upsets because it, it's sort of I, – I don't I don't know, but, uh, you know, for Virginia, I mean, unfortunately, you know, the, the, you, 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 well, you're also a small school, you know, in, you know, from Greenville, South Carolina. I mean, this is actually what the tournament is all about. So I'm sure people have been, you know, searching for Furman, you know, finding out where it is on, the, on their on – their, What was that school team. last year, Lakeena? They made it to the 16. I, I, I know my brain is going crazy, but uh, that head coach was a national story. This was last year. When was this? that school. I think it was oh, there out uh, in New Jersey. St. Peter's, thank you. Thank you, St. Peter's, yeah. Holloway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, they were a nice story. Maybe Furman could be uh, this year's St. Peter's. We'll see. We'll see, yeah, definitely. Uh, probably the one that, although I'm sure some people did have, uh, you know, that was one of the trendy picks for him being Virginia. Now, this was probably the one where, this upset was probably the one where maybe a lot of people probably didn't see coming. And, uh, this kind of ruined some of my practice because I, I, I had this team going far in the tournament. Uh, Princeton beating Air, beat Arizona six uh, 59-55 in this in the first round, also from the South region. You know, you thought that maybe it would, especially with Arizona you know, coming back and beating UCLA in the uh, Pac-12 tournament, you thought that maybe they had a shot of perhaps maybe going far, especially they're going to the South region, which is very mm-hmm. kind of a log jam there, but. Uh, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And uh, look, despite uh, Tubalik's uh, 22 points, you know, leading the way for Arizona, 
they really didn't have that much scoring. And look, give uh, Princeton credit. I mean, Mitch Henderson actually part of the team that beat uh, UCLA back in 98. He was actually the starting mm-hmm. point guard for that team. And you know, that was actually the last time Princeton won a, a tournament game. And Arizona, again, this is not the first time they've actually lost to a 15 seed. Back way back in 93, there was a, a young uh, kid from Canada by the name of Steve Nash who led his Santa Clara Broncos to upset win also as a, a 15 uh, seed. Mm-hmm. So, and look, we saw what happened with St. Peter's. They were a 15 seed, so they ended up going all the way to the Elite Eight. So we'll see if maybe Princeton can you know, you know do that for uh, them as well. But uh, what do you think about this upset? Because this this really, uh, I, I don't know if this is like the uh, the USC in, in him, but our buddy Sean uh, Salisbury basically said that uh, the way you know, Virginia was acting, I mean, I would say Arizona was acting like, you know, they, 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 they seem a little like in those last few minutes, and they kept, they kept, like you said, keeping those double digit C's in it, giving them hope. And mm-hmm. you know, Chris was able to, uh, you know, to take advantage of that. It's all about execution and attitude at this time of year. If you walk around believing the hype and believing uh, uh, all, all, the, uh, the, uh, all the, the talk that's going your way on whether it's social media, TV, or whatever, uh, you start to relax a little bit. And when you relax and, like you said, give the other team confidence, uh, things like this happens. But both teams didn't shoot the ball well from three yesterday. Arizona, 18%. Uh, the Princeton Tigers, uh, 16% overall. But look at the steals. And, and we were talking about, about this before we went on air today, Lakina. I remember Jay Billis of ESPN saying this last week. He said that he thought that Princeton would give Arizona tr- trouble uh, because of, of Princeton's uh, tough and tenacious uh, defense. Mm-hmm. And Princeton did that yesterday, creating uh, eight steals and blocking six shots. Arizona only had one. So Princeton brought it defensively. Arizona didn't. And you tell that Arizona – uh, started to uh, uh, to press, and mm-hmm. when under six minutes to go, Lakina, Arizona had fifty three points. Guess how many points they scored the rest of the way? Two. That two. should tell yeah, you something. Saying, yep, two. If that, that doesn't tell a... you something, I don't know what does. Yeah, I, I know. You, you saw Tommy Floyd's uh, the head coach's comments. He said, mm-hmm. "Look, he said, hey, basically said, hey, look, we got beat. <laughs> he got they got beat. And look, you know, the good for for basically admitting that. Uh, Tosan uh, Evbomen, who's from England, you know, who's you know, play, who's one of the top players for Prince. I think he was like, there. I think he was an Ivy League you know player of the year from from them, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, he averages fifteen point six you know, rebounds, and he was like the, one of the guy the guys that mm-hmm. sort of kind of helped start that run for uh, Prince and to kind of keep them in it. So. You know, good, good for them, and look, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I, it, it, like I said, you know, this is sort of like what the term is all about. And look, Chris is not, not their first rodeo. Like I said, you know, Mitch Henderson, you know, he's been there. Their, their coach, he's been there. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see you know how far they can go. But uh, yeah, so congrats to uh, to Princeton who pulled off yet another upset. Because look, we we've seen them give teams fits every time they get into the tournament. I mean, you saw what happened, you know, way back in '89. You know, they gave Georgetown. They they almost uh, pulled off the 16-1 upset. Remember, you know, back in '89. Georgetown was number one seed with Alonzo uh, Mourning and, and and David Wingate, I believe, was also on that team too. And yeah, they they almost pulled off the other. So they gave you know them all they can handle. So you know, mm-hmm. Prince got a good history. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, but let's continue through yesterday's contest. Of course, the Houston Cougars uh, get by Northern Kentucky in another one and sixteen matchup in the Midwest region, sixty three to fifty two. Uh, Mr. Roberts for Houston. Juwan Roberts, that is, 11 points, 12 rebounds. But uh, Marcus Saucer uh, re-entered that hamstring, and I don't think it's going to return to the tournament. That's going to cause huge problems from Houston going forward. 
Also, too, uh, another one of their top guys, Jamal Sheed, had uh, suffered a knee injury, and from you know their their, their top freshman, and for what uh, Kelvin Sampson, you know, the, the coach for Houston, said, it, it looks pretty bad. So that could also be an issue too for uh, Houston. I know, I know Jim Nance has been you know hoping and praying that he gets to call uh, <laughs> his alma mater since they're gonna this you know, the tournament, you know, the final four is gonna be in Houston this year. So mm -hmm. you know you're you're hoping, I'm sure he's hoping and praying that. You know, I, I, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. Well, we'll talk about the team they're going to be playing against tomorrow in a second. But mm -hmm. you know that that that's something those two are going to be big to look out for because you saw how they must say struggle against Northern Kentucky. So going to be a little dicey here now. As far as another number one seed, you know, of course that was in the Midwest region. You know, to the West region, Kansas number one. You know, pulled away from a Howard uh, late ninety six sixty eight. Uh, Grady Dick. No, that's that's his, that's his real name, folks. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to be funny. He had 19 points <laughs> for uh, for the for uh, the Jayhawks, and uh, you know, look, Howard. Look, they they, they got they got a visit, they got a visit from a, a Madam Vice President, Vice President Harris after the game. So, uh, you know, even though I'm sure you know they lost, but I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll that's her alma mater, Howard. So I'm sure you know they were okay with her. I know that they, they you know they they lost, but. You know they got a visit for the vice president, so that, that's yeah. I saw, I saw that she was being interviewed by Ali LaForce yesterday. Hmm. Yeah, they saw the yeah, you know, that, that was a you know, not a bad consolation prize. But Kansas, all five uh stars were double figures for uh Kansas. Uh, looks like Bill Self should be back on you know tomorrow, so you know, that'll be interesting, that'll be really cool to see. But yeah, you know, Kansas so far, so good holding down the fort. Yep, and, and like you said, Howard, they they were in it for a while, they trailed by 13 at halftime, but. Uh, Kansas uh, buckled down uh, to uh, start the second half. They set the tempo for the rest of that game, and they pulled they pulled away for the victory. Now, the other number one seed that uh, played yesterday, the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, they had no problems with beating Texas A&M Cor Corpus Christi 96-75. to For Alabama, Mr. Nick Pringle uh, led, led the team with 19 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, Lakina, I know we haven't talked about this situation much on this program this year, but did you catch the be the beginning of this broadcast? I know um, this was on uh, the big CBS uh, yesterday as the early afternoon game. Uh, they talked about the um, about the, the Brandon Miller. yeah the situation Miller yeah Miller. the Jim Nancer read the statement and they kicked it over to Tracy Wolfson. Wolfson uh, and initially had a problem with it, but. The reason why I think they did that because most casual friends who haven't kept up with college basketball maybe heard it in passing. Uh, the, that's the reason why they did it, in my opinion. But I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, I didn't mind they're doing that because, like you said, you know, uh, you know, Trace is a reporter. This is the type of stuff that she does, you know, and reports about. So I had no problem with you know them you know doing that. I mean, look, you know, that's not really you know they're not lawyers. So I would think let someone who is more of a has more of a news type experience. That's what Tracy does. You know, let her, you know, do it. And I had no problem with it. I know apparently now that he's got, you know, he's been having threats. That's why they had an armed guard, you know, towards him. So that's mm -hmm. why now he is 40 points. So, you know, that that's, you know, I don't want that to, you know, you hope he doesn't become a distraction, you know, which it has. But the good news is that, you know, they've got guys like, like Pringle, like you mentioned, you know, who scored uh, 19 off the bench. They've got Quinterly. They've got, you know, Sears. They've got guys that can kind of, you know, keep up the slack. And you don't want to be a distraction, especially if they, you know, go further and further mm -hmm. into the tournament. Yep, and that's what you need at this time of year, balanced scoring to help support your superstars. Now, back to the Midwest region in the first round. Number two, Texas, the Longhorns. They get by number 15, Goldgate, as our good buddy Eddie Mazer from WG and Rio says, says the Toothpaste University. <laughs> Texas uh, dominates Colgate 81-61. to 61. Mr. 
Siri Jabari Rice, Siri Jabari Rice, I'm pronouncing his name correctly. He had 23 points and six rebounds. That's Texas moves on there. In the rest region in the first round, number two, UCLA. The Bruins had no trouble with number 15, UNC Asheville, 86-53. Hami Vasquez, Jr. for UCLA, 17 points, eight rebounds, and five steals. Yeah, this is going to be Northwestern's next opponent. And look, they can play defense, too, like you know, like Northwestern can. So <laughs> I think the key for them, you know, if they want to pull off the upset, they can kind of, you know, keep try to keep those guys like, you know, like Jacquez, you know, Jacquez Jr., you know, Singleton and guys like that kind of like at bay. But I, I wonder, though, will it be you – know, look, Mick Cronin, look, he plays defense, too. So, like I said, if he's a yeah. defensive guy. He's an animated guy on those sidelines, too, for the Bruins. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not to be people talk about him in that way, but – Yeah, very yeah, very colorful in that way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, very, he is very colorful, you know, at times. But, yeah, I think, look, you know, try to kind of, you know, keep the scoring going. But they got, you know, guys that can kind of score and kind of pick up the slack and such. They looked really good yesterday. I thought they were going to – I thought they were going to have a little bit of trouble with UNC Asheville because, you know, especially on the inside with the interior. But they had no trouble, so – you know, they were able to you know, to pull pull it off. And then, look, you, you did what you're supposed to do to a, a 15 seed. You're listening to Second City Sports or Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you uh, talking NCAA tournament right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in living color and wrapping up yesterday's action in the East region, East region in the first round. Number five, Duke uh, has no tr- had no trouble getting past number 12, Oral Roberts, 74-51. Uh, Mr. Roach, squish, squash, kill that roach. Sorry, that's old school for our parents' generation. Uh, Jeremy Roach from Duke had 23 points, while Mr. Abnus, uh, Max Abnus for Oral Roberts had 12 points. Uh, Lakina, Duke, just like you're supposed to do against uh, your uh, inferior competition, they jump out to a 15-0 run to start the game. We talked about them on our preview show uh, Philip Kowski, along with Jeremy Roach, who's been uh, very helpful, not just defensively, but uh, uh, he's contributing offensively as well. It was no shock what we saw yesterday from Duke. Give Co- head coach John Shire credit. Duke stumbled a little bit toward the end of the year, but they got themselves together winning a ACC tournament title last week, and they're carrying the momentum now. I believe that's now 10 games in a run they've won. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I think they're getting high at the right time and you know, the defensive <laughs> aspect of it, so – It'll be interesting to see if we can kind of keep it up. But, yeah, I thought that maybe they would have a little bit of trouble with Oral Roberts. But, look, they jumped on them early, and they didn't let them up. And so, you know, you got to give them credit for that. And, look, it'll be interesting to see how far Duke goes. A lot of people might be cheery for Duke, especially with Alabama and their – and, you know, the issues with Brandon uh, Miller. So, yeah, dare I say, they may, people might be cheering for Duke for once. But <laughs> we'll see. Now, going into the Midwest region, uh, Penn State and Texas A&M, 76-59. I was very surprised by this. You know, they you know, they'll play Texas tomorrow. I'm talking about uh, AM and uh mm-hmm. you know, we you know, Jeremy Pickett, who we look, we've talked about him, you know, throughout the you know, they gave he gave Illinois Fitz all three of those mini knees that they played and they won the mm-hmm. Jalen Pickett, I should say. He had nineteen points and just look, they just dominated from the from the outside and just you know, the Aggies had no answer for him. Yeah, they didn't and uh, Penn State had a strong start to start the game as well. They led by they led by 14 at half, 38-22. But uh, Texas A&M they made a little bit of a run at it, but Penn State had the momentum uh, to hold them off. And you mentioned Andrew Funk; he led uh, the team with 27 points. I thought that Penn State would perhaps lose this one because of of what happened last week here in Chicago in the Big Ten tournament title game against Purdue. You know they made a run of it late, but uh, they they erased that from their memory. Had a better performance yesterday. 
Yeah, he was 8-11 from three, and so that was dude, that definitely helped propel them. And like, it was just crazy how how all that transpired. You know, that that's a little bit nitty, but uh, we'll see what happens. Penn State and Texas, that should be an interesting uh, second round matchup tomorrow. Uh, let's go through this real quick. San Diego State, mm-hmm. uh, you know, beat Charleston. You know, they held up Charleston 63-57. Uh, that's the first round in the South region. A lot of people thought that maybe this was another uh, trendy upset pick. But you know, look, I mean, they look, I think they'll SDSU, I think you know, that they wanted because they, I think they had lost like five straight uh first round uh tournament uh yeah. games. So I'm a little, yeah, it, it's sort of like you know, this he's not maybe a team, you know, I think Brian Dutra had been like 0 and 4 since taking over as head coach. So now he finally gets you know his first uh tournament win and a you know, solid score, solid scoring. I mean, you know, 17 points from mr uh, matt bradley uh you know who was a, one of the who's all mountain west so you know not not a good solid showing from a team that a lot of people thought that you know san diego were gonna have trouble with yeah charleston i was proud of them i know uh head coach stan van gundy who was um calling the game yesterday uh he, he gave him did uh, pretty good yesterday yeah yeah i was also too but he gave charleston uh, their props he goes uh charleston they can run they can run with san diego state and they mm-hmm. and they gave uh, the Essex problems defensively, but uh, Charleston was right there, but just uh, San Diego State was there at the end, making all uh, all the uh, plays down the stretch. East region, you got Tennessee uh, holding off Louisiana, fifty-eight, fifty-five. Um, you know, and we know that uh, they've been struggling. I'm talking about Tennessee have been struggling lately the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. You know, they couple of guys. Jordan Brown was a heck of an effort. Had fifteen points. You know. Hit some you know, key shots to kind of get the under in this game for the Raging Cages, but uh, Tennessee just too much for them. Yep. In the South region, we had number seven Missouri Tigers, as you called it, the fighting Mike Burmans from ABC5 Chicago. And shout out to our good friend Charles Freiman as well from WGN Chicago, Sports Chicago. Uh, their alma mater, uh, Missouri Tigers, they beat uh, Utah State yesterday. 76 to 65. Uh, Des Moines Hodge for Minnesota had 23 points and four steals. Yeah, their first uh, tournament win since 2010, and I, and and speaking of Josh and uh, Mike, they actually had a little bit of a, a little bit of a deal because Josh was actually still in college <laughs> at the time. That was the last time that they won. I think he was a sophomore, and then uh, yeah, thanks Josh for saying you know making us feel old. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, look, you know, this game's done a great job in his first year there, and you know uh, Hodge, you know, won their top scores, 23 points, and look, they didn't really have, look. I mean, the Aggies kept it close for a little bit, but you know, look, the Tigers pulled away late, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're a you know, seven or mm-hmm. ten of seven ten so we'll see you know what happens with them tomorrow uh west virginia loses to maryland 67 65 after it was a slow start for virginia i mean maryland i should say and, yeah four uh, points to the halfway through the first half yep. uh, but, yeah but they turned so they, around took a two-point lead at halftime it was very competitive in that second half and maryland pulled through yeah, Keith, yeah, Kedron Johnson. He had a very was very well, you know, led the way uh, for West Virginia and actually had a chance to win it with uh, as time expired. You know, he got the shot off, but you know, just didn't go. Like the iron can be un- unkind at times. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, first rounder for uh, you know Maryland. You look, you know, Brad Willard in his first year. You know, that's a nice mm-hmm. win for uh, Maryland. Uh, Auburn and Iowa staying in the Big Ten. Uh, Auburn just dominated uh, Iowa 83 75. You know, they were up five, but look, it was some big three pointers for some of their guys to help, uh, you know, propel them to their to that victory. So, look, I think Auburn is going to play Houston. And if Houston's going to be down both Sheen and Strasser, look, they, we know that, yeah. you know, Auburn, they always kind of been back and forth. They kind of been a feast or fan with it, but they got, you know, guys like Williams and, you know, 
Willie Green Jr. I mean, they can score with the best of them. So I'm a I'm Wendell Green Jr. I should say, you know, for them, you know, they have that great balance scoring. So I'm a little <laughs> concerned if you're Houston with this game coming up tomorrow. Yeah, Johnny Broom had nine, 19 points and 12 rebounds to lead the Tigers yesterday. If he continues to play like that, uh, uh, it's going to be trouble for Houston. As you mentioned, they're already down two guys. All right. And uh, last but not least, maybe we got one more uh, score here as my my computer. Mm, excuse me. I got one more score. But no, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that was the last that's score. That's it, yeah. Western Illinois. So, uh, we'll quick start to let's start. Let's talk about uh, to, uh, to, you know, today's matchups. Uh, some of the scores from right now. Uh, Michigan State, our buddy Ryan Field, he's gonna be he's gonna come right on after the game is over with. I think he's a little bit distracted, uh, right now, but yeah, um, you know, they're up against USC, they're in immediate time out, um, uh, for 58 49, uh, dominating the, uh, the second half so far. Uh, you, uh, uh, Michigan State is so we'll see if they can keep it up. Kansas State, they're just starting back in the first round of the Midwest region. They're up five against Xavier. Uh, Baylor, uh, UCSB hanging there with Baylor, 22-19. Uh, our buddy Spiro Dews will have the call with this one with uh, Miss Debbie Antonelli. BCU is St. Mary's. That should be a fun one. That's that's another, like, 12-5 uh, pick, so mm -hmm. it might be. I'm going with BCU in that one. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. I, I didn't I did like how they uh, how um, St. Mary's played in the uh, championship game against Gonzaga. I'm a little worried about that. Uh, after that uh, SC Michigan State game, we got Vermont and Marquettes. That should be interesting. Uh, the East Region, Pittsburgh and Iowa State. That should be an interesting one there at 210. That'll be on True TV. NC State and Creighton. That should be a fun one. Another trendy upset pick: Iona and UConn. Barely Dickinson. The Ripetito school, right? Yep, yep. Ripetito's coaching there. Yep. So that's probably why a lot of people think that uh, Iona, Iona has a shot. We'll see. Uh, Fairly Dickinson and Purdue. Purdue the last number one seed to uh, to play. Uh, the like I said, the Bryce Hopkins Bowl. Here you got uh, in the uh, East Region. You got Providence and Kentucky. That should be a fun one there. Let's go, Providence. Not <laughs> Calipari. Right. Oh, I know how you feel about Calipari. Uh, <laughs> Miami. Another 12-5 uh, trendy pick. Some people say Drake could upset Miami tonight. I told you Drake last Sunday. Let's see if it happens. We'll see. It's at 625 on TBS. Uh, Grand Canyon can uh, do can they do what their coach did. You know, Bryce Drew, remember they were a 14C. They beat uh, Mississippi. You know, that was, that was South Carolina, I should say. South Carolina that they beat uh, that year. Uh, they they uh, play Gonzaga. That's a night game. Florida Atlantic and Memphis. This is this is my game, the nine eight game. I'm looking forward yeah. to watching. Yes, shout out Penny Hardaway, the head coach of the Memphis Tigers, and keep your eye on the Tigers point. Memphis Tigers point guard Kendrick Davis. He scored twenty of his twenty six points in that first first half last week in the American Conference title game that helped propel Memphis over Houston. Yes, uh, not yesterday. Mm -hmm. Good grief, last Sunday yeah, in, in the yeah. conference title game. Watch out for him tonight. Uh, if he if he goes off, uh, it's going to be a long night for Florida Atlantic. Should be a fun one there. Montana State and Kansas State in the East region. And uh, a lot you know, Kent State and Indiana. That's the first half, uh, first uh, round, I should say, in the Midwest region. And last but not least, it should be a fun one. Arizona State and TCU. This should be because it could be one of those games where we first to 90 wins, I think. <laughs> I think so too. That's the case. I have TCU in that one. Uh, the line is uh, TCU uh, favored by five points. The over under. That's the score total for both teams, uh -huh. 142. 
All right. Okay. That's just my, I would say take the over on that. I think so too. <laughs> I would take the over on that one. You might make a little bit yep. of money as you start off this weekend. Now, any, you think you see, I heard you say about, you know, maybe drag, maybe, uh, you know, what did you just say? You say maybe uh, Arizona State could probably give Air, uh, TCU a run for their money. Maybe. I think, I think they could. I have TCU winning a ball game, but Arizona say, I know, I know many people didn't believe they deserved to get in, but uh, uh, they took advantage the other night while winning in, in, in Dayton in that first four, one of their first four games. So like you said, it's going to be off a uh, uh, heavy fast paced offensive game tonight. Whoever shoots the ball best, I think will win. I think TCU has a little bit more better talent than, than the Sun Devils. So I'm going with TCU. You know, I got my guy, Penny Harley in Memphis. Uh, I think they'll beat Florida Atlantic. Uh, Kent state. Oh, sorry. Indiana should have no problem with Kent state, but uh, that Drake Miami matchup. I know Miami has one of the big guys out. Right now, so I think Drake has an advantage there. I know Miami's favored by two and a half, but uh, I think that's going to be a slugfest. And uh, we talked about Miami being one of the surprise teams this year in the ACC. Uh, they did well, twenty-five-seven overall. But uh, Drake, you know, watching them here in the Missouri Valley, I think they're going to give uh, Miami the run for their money. We'll see what happens. So uh, should be some great games, you know, coming up. You know, we're going. Okay, so we're, we're approaching the top of the hour. We're gonna go have do an audible here. You know, you know, my our buddy Ryan Phil is gonna join us till after uh, Michigan State and USC. So uh, you know, they're actually up by twelve right now. They're starting to pull away. So uh, you know, they might be he might be in a good move by the time he comes on with us. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're talk some NFL. Lots of you know moving parts. You know, the Bears make some big moves. You know, some other you know, moves are happening as well. So, uh, yeah, a lot to do still with uh, coming up next. Uh, we'll also have some uh, sports media news as well. So, and also even some NBA. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not so hot around these parts, but that's all other right. issue. <laughs> that's all other issue. But, yeah, but look, a lot to do still. You're coming up next in the hour two. Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. We got uh, NFL talk coming up right after this. my lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting I was just checking in with my mom I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention I'm not even halfway through my text there's no way I'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's supposed to be a quick text I'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Thank <laughs> you. 
the title United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Friday edition of, of Friday Fun Fun Friday. However, you want to flip it and reverse it. <laughs> We're live in a little bit color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss McKinney Gee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me, Kenny McGee, on the Twitter and Akinos McGee on the IG. We have 55 minutes or so left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. McKenna will get the up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, so let's talk about the free agent frenzy that's going on in the NFL uh, right now as we speak. Now, of course, you know, the Bears, have, they uh, they introduced DJ Moore at the presser. You know, he actually it was interesting because he actually said that uh, it was actually pretty cool. Was that he kind of it kind of came out of nowhere that that trade to Chicago? He was actually getting his groceries, believe it or not. So you know, he actually got the the, the text saying that oh, you know, he's been you've been traded to the Bears. So you know, that was a little bit uh, weird there. But some of the other signs that the Bears have had uh, Tremont Tremont Edmonds, who's a linebacker, Pro Bowl linebacker from Buffalo. Four years, 72 million, 50 million guaranteed. Um, some of the other signs, Robert Tanya, who they just signed yesterday to a one-year deal. Uh, Travis Homer, uh, he signed a two-year deal. PJ Walker, I guess he's gonna be uh Justin Fields' backup. Uh two-year deal, dependent physical. So that has that's not officially official yet. Dante Freeman, a one-year three million dollar deal. Uh, uh you know. Patrick Scales to a one-year extension. Demarcus Walker, who's an edge rusher, he was signed to a three-year deal. Got any issues with any of these signings, Sid? Oh, oh Nate no. Davis, a uh, three-year, three, three-year, thirty-million dollar deal. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't. We'll see how it shakes out once the players get on the field in July for training camp, of course, once the regular season starts. But uh, we talked about this on our last show. It looks like GM Ryan Poles for the Bears has a plan. It looks like he's executing to execute it to perfection now we'll see what he does for the draft coming up in, on april 27th but i don't I, I was reading some bloggers and listening to a little chatter on our sports radio stations here in town and some people are worried that the ryan poles may outspend himself and not have enough money in particular for justin Fields. should you give him that big contract in a couple years two or three years down the road but this is how you do business in the nfl no you cannot sign everyone to one to two year uh deals you know you have to there's a floor to an extent you had to spend as far as the salary cap is concerned. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about that. Looks like Ryan Post has a plan for that. You bring in the uh, veteran guys to be competitive. Like I said, it, well, 
the look at those positions that he's signing, those places that he's signing right now. Most of them are on defense, especially in the linebacking core. And so it, it should tell you which positions that they're going to be focusing on coming up in the draft next month. Yeah, I mean, they had the money. They had to spend it somehow. So I, I think, you know, the whole thing about, oh, they're spending too much. They're spending, you know, look at how much money they gave them. It's $50 million guarantee. I think from what I heard, a lot of it's, you know, front-loaded, so it shouldn't be that big of a, uh, a hit against the cap. So we'll see. You know, like, like I said, he's a pro bowler, a four-time pro bowler. So, you know, I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, look, I will see how the salary cap is next year. Like I said, he needed he needed to spend the money. So like you needed bodies and little holes to fill. So we'll see what happens. But they still got you know some holes to fill. It'll be interesting to see what they were what direction they do go with you know during the draft. I mean, they have their edge rusher now. They've got their guard now. So I'm wondering, like, okay, what's gonna be sort of the thing? You know, are you are you gonna build it? Will they trade back again? Perhaps maybe go further back into the, like in the middle of the first round. We'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, I like the science so far. Like I said, I know I know people, you know, I'm not, like, overly, you know, excited like everyone else is, like some people are, but mm-hmm. I'm not, like, overly, like, critical as it is. I'm kind of, like, right in the middle. So it doesn't really, you know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see what, how the season starts and how everyone meshes in these, you know, different roles. Now, the one move that I wasn't surprised by, and this involves the Bears as we head now into the rest of the division, David Montgomery, the former Bears running back, uh, signing a new deal with the Detroit Lions. I know Jamal Williams did the best job that he could last year for the Lions, but uh, David Montgomery brings a, a new dynamic to the Lions offense. Yeah, I think it's definitely a money thing, too. I think, you know, it's three years, $18 million. That's what Tom Pellicero and Ian Rappaport reported. I'm wondering, is it, was it really, was it length or was it the money? Was that the reason why? Because I know you don't want to, you know, folks, don't, you, know, they don't, you don't want to overpay a running back, especially someone who's had, mm-hmm. who is in his late 20s now. But, you know, it was a little bit weird. You know, I know uh, Jamal Williams, I know um, it, it's like, I was, I thought that maybe he, I thought that was, excuse me, easy for me to talk right now, but uh, I thought there was a chance that maybe he would, you know, stay with with Detroit. But like like you said, I mean, in the end, the NFL is a business and look, it'll be interesting. And like I guess I think, look, I know uh, David Montgomery is going to be, you know, circling those uh, uh, Bears games. Those Bears are going yeah. to stick it to stick it to his former team, so it's going to be extra motivated. And now, of course, you know, with uh, Jam- you know, Jamal Williams is now in uh, New Orleans. We'll get to that in a, in a, in a second. But yeah, I'm, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, the, the, look, the Lions have put together a nice little uh, signing there. You know, they got him, they got Cam Sutton. Uh, John Kaminsky. So uh, I like what the, the, the Detroit's doing so, so far. Yeah, the only thing, two things they need in this upcoming draft with the, you know, they have two first round picks, one from their Rams mm-hmm. trade. We'll get to Rams in just a second. Uh, from their Rams trade with Matthew Stafford a couple years ago. Uh, they still need a, a number, uh, another wide receiver to go with uh, Amon St. Brown. And mm-hmm. you need another defensive stud to go with Aiden Hutchinson, who did a very good job for them uh, as a rookie last year. Yeah, we'll see if they do it through the draft. Well, they like I said, they had those two first round picks, so you gotta think that will they maybe try to get a veteran and portray mm-hmm. one of those picks? Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens there now. Uh, Patrick Peterson is no longer in the division, he's actually gonna be you know, you know, in the AFC, back the AFC, you know, playing for Pittsburgh. I mean, the Vikings, I mean, I know, like, I know they've had to release some guys because of a lot of it's because of money and such. They signed Nick Mullins. Uh, they you know they got Marcus Davenport, uh, Greg Joseph. They re-signed him. Uh, Byron Murphy. You know they got you know who's a veteran corner. I mean you know and Alexander Madison. You know to help kind of like lighten the load from Dalvin Cook. 
I kind of like you know these moves. You know, we'll see. I mean, I think that they could always use more defensive guys because look, they they you know Kendricks is gone and such. Yeah. They need another wide receiver. You know, of course, Thielen's gone as well. So that's another thing that I'm probably looking forward to as well. Yeah, Minnesota definitely needs a pass rusher too, uh, and, and for this draft coming up, we'll see what they do there. Uh, Dallas Cowboys again. This is not a surprise. Ezekiel Elliott was released, mm-hmm. and he'll be part of that June first um, cap casualty. Is he'll as he will be released on that day. Uh, which team do you see him picking up? Because as we talked about with the David Montgomery, even though he's much younger, uh, running backs doesn't have the same value as they once were, especially given the right. new rules offensively in the NFL today is more about more about the pass is more about the marble quarterback which takes uh, some yards off the um, running backs uh, stat sheet mm-hmm. uh, I would say I've thought about maybe San Fran I mean they could use extra running back I mean you know to lighten the loads there but the, will there be enough balls you know to give them I don't I forgive them I don't know um I'm trying to think who else uh hmm, 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 hmm. I mean, geez, I, mm, I mean, you know, could KC find some room for him? I mean, it, it it's a little, mm, maybe, look, maybe Los Angeles is the case, especially if Austin Eckler, you know, if they have to trade Austin Eckler, maybe I'll bring him on mm. with the Chargers, maybe? I don't know. Uh, shoot. Like I said, he'll find work, but he just won't be, he has to accept that he won't be that number one guy anymore. Right. There's a whole lot of miles on those tires. Yeah, I think that's he's gonna have to be the second or third guy up. So you know, mm-hmm. four more dead. That's why. That's why I said I think maybe the charge. But he be he could be he could be a number two guy. Um, mm, I can't really think of anybody that probably would need a. Uh, maybe maybe the Colts might try to find some room for him. Maybe. <laughs> I don't. Watch Bill Belichick would come out of the dark and pick him up. <laughs> mm, I'm trying to think about what his would that scheme fit him. I don't know, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting though. We'll, we'll see what he does, but uh, yeah, I mean that's a if you if, you know I think hmm. I, I'm I'm sure Dak's not very happy with this, but you look like you said that's that's NFL for you. You can't keep everybody, so we'll see. And they can rework his contract out the got the next year as well. So uh, Dallas is uh, very much up against it in terms of the salary cap. Uh, speaking of another team with salary cap issues, uh, the Los Angeles Rams we talked about. Uh, Allen Robinson seeking a trade. They traded Jalen Ramsey last week to the Miami Dolphins. Some people say they should look at, uh, of course, Leonard Floyd, former Chicago Bear, uh, who signed that uh, signed a deal with the Rams a couple years ago after the Super Bowl. Uh, he's going to be cut, and so some people say that they should cut. They, they actually asked uh, Stafford to take a pay cut. He said no, and some people say, well, they should try to uh, do the same thing to Aaron Donald. What's going on in Los Angeles? I guess those picks, you know, F them picks, I guess that little comment. <laughs> but uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, happens with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look at, you know, the, all, not having those picks have come back to bite them in the butt. I think, you know, mm-hmm. talking about uh, uh, the Rams, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you kind of want to like, okay. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I mean, you know, Matt Stafford told him, no, I'm not taking the pay cut. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see if Aerodrome might, might want to trade. So you're kind of like stuck. You know, if you're less mean than the rest of the Rams brass, you're kind of stuck because you don't know what you're gonna. You don't know what. Look, you gotta have to get rid of. You know, you had to get rid of Leonard Floyd. You know, he had to uh, mm-hmm. leave. You know, you had to trade Jalen Ramsey. A lot of your top players from the Super that Super Bowl from a couple of years ago are now gone. So you're kind of stuck. You know, like okay, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna try? Are you gonna have to maybe do what? Maybe maybe you know, give away some. You know, some of these guys to get those picks. Try to maybe build up, put a little bandaid on it. I don't know. 
Yeah, the Rams are facing a lot of salary cap problems right now. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you. Coming up, we'll have Ryan Field, the sport TV sports anchor from ABC7 New York City. We'll talk everything New York sports and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what does this mean to the Jets organization? And for their fans, we'll, have, we'll discuss that. Um, all, all, all New York City sports and his Michigan State Spartans are, looks like right now looks like they're going to be USC in the NCAA tournament in their first round game today. We'll discuss that with him coming up. But Lakina, let's stay in the NFC. Uh, go to the NFC East. Marcus Mariota, who left the team last year in the Atlanta Falcons after uh, they said you're no longer the starter. He takes his talents up east. He's going to back up Jalen Hurts for one year for Philadelphia. I mean, yeah, they got a solid uh, you know, backup in case Hill Hurst gets hurt again. What does this mean for Minshew Media in Philly? I mean, it's gonna, that's going to be sort of like the thing where you just signed um, you know, Mariota. You know, that, that's, you know, that's going to be interesting. And look, you know, I think Philadelphia has been kind of getting out of this rut. I mean, you thought that maybe they're going to have some issues with the cap. I mean, they brought Fletcher Cox back on a one-year deal. They brought James Bradbury. You know, he came back. You know, there's some rumors that maybe, you know, he might go somewhere else. Darius Slay, who I know some Bears fans who you know were hoping that maybe he would come here, but you know he ended up going back to uh to the to Philly on a new three year, forty two million dollar with twenty three million guaranteed. You know, they got Rashad Penny, who kind of is going to lighten the load there too, especially with Miles mm-hmm. Sanders gone. So yeah, I think Philly's starting to get out of their you know their salary cap uh not hell per se, but you know their little salary cap uh sinking, if you will. Yeah, and losing Hargrove to the um, San Francisco 49ers, it looks like as of right now, it's not going to hurt them either. So I like the moves, what they're doing. Yeah, I, yeah, I do too. I like what they're doing. So, yeah, they're, they're doing it very smart. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Vegas, I mean, they got Jimmy G. You know, they, you know, they, you know, Josh Jacobs got the non-exclusive tag. We'll see if they can, you know, they can maybe perhaps maybe work out a, a long-term extension. Uh, they, they re-signed Amir Abdullah. They signed uh, Philip Dorsett. They got Jacoby Myers, um, you know, on a three-year deal. So uh, the Raiders are well. You know, they <laughs> we got to ask Ryan about, about this. Uh, they they traded uh, one of their quarterbacks, Darren Waller. Um, oh, tight ends, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, tight ends the New York Giants, yeah, the Giants and. Uh, his wife, uh, Kelsey Plum, who is you know, uh, a hoop star, of course, you know, they're the, you know she's part of the defending champion, uh, Las Vegas Aces. I, I guess because, you know, they, were, they found out while they were on their honeymoon that, you know, he was going to be traded, you know, from Vegas to the Giants. And uh, she wasn't very happy, though. And uh, I guess, you know, I, well, she said something pretty funny on Twitter. Uh, I know it's still up, but, yeah, she said that, uh, I guess, he didn't because he didn't get an invite. I'm talking about Josh McDaniels, the coach. So, you know, that was a little bit. <laughs> That was a little bit funny there, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, Waller got a nice, you know, showing there, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, I guess they're gonna, uh, they're gonna, you know, that, you know, I guess they're gonna try to get somebody to do a draft or maybe try to maybe make a trade or something like that, but I actually like the, the Waller trade for the Giants because they need uh, Dale Jones getting extra guys to throw to, so you know, mm-hmm. I guess it kind of works out, and that's worse, and that end. Yeah, and they still need a, a draft a wide receiver. Of course, uh, they got Saquon Barkley. They're running back on the franchise tag. So it looks like Jalen Jones is going to have some uh, better weapons around him than he did uh, when they made it to the playoffs. So going back to Las Vegas Ra- Raiders for the second, they have a respectable quarterback in Jimmy G. He's going to uh, get the starter reps, and he's familiar with uh, head coach Josh Smith Daniels. Of course, they worked together back in their New England days back a little bit over a decade ago when – Jimmy G was the backup to Tom Brady. He saw limited action, but I, I think this is going to work out for the Raiders. You still have Devontae Adams there 
I believe Josh Jacobs, their running back, is is back, correct? And so mm-hmm. if that if that's the case. Oakland is still respectable in the AFC West, even though they had a nice little run in the middle of the season. Uh, the season was still disappointing for the Raiders, so I think they're back to respectability. Yeah, they're yeah they got the not they got the not exclusive uh, tag, much like Lamar Jackson uh, with uh, the Raiders. I mean the Ravens, I should say. So with uh, with Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. So like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but the Broncos, you know, put together a nice little uh, off season too. You got you know, so they got Samaje P. Ryan. Uh, Jared Sim to back out uh, Russell Wilson. They got, of course, we talked about Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, um, Zach Allen, uh, Alex Singleton, a, a veteran linebacker. So, yeah, they're putting together a nice little uh, offseason, too. I'm talking about the other Broncos. Yeah, new head coach Sean Payton is putting his a stamp on his organization uh, and telling Russell Wilson to stay off of social media. His wife should, too, but that's a whole other issue. But mm-hmm. as far as the football is, uh, as far as the football is concerned, uh, they make it on the right room moves to protect uh, Mr. Wilson. Uh, there's hopefully they didn't get a another wide receiver to go with Jerry Judy, and hopefully they can get some running backs. Yeah, that's the thing that they're missing uh, right now. So the Colts, you know, they're starting to kind of get together too. Of course, you know, with Gardner Mishu going back to going to uh, in Indianapolis, that's why, of course, you saw the Mariota uh, move to to Phil uh, to Philly. So they're putting together a nice little run there. Um, I would say Houston. I mean, they're they're looking okay. I mean, they got Robert Woods, uh, Shaq Mason, so uh, they're putting together a nice little uh run here. Of course, we talked about Steelers with Patrick Peterson, you know, Larry Ogunjobi. So yeah, that's a nice little run there. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland got some uh some you know some pretty good uh, talent as well. Uh, I know that we were part of Deshaun Watson's contract to create some of those, but create space to make some of those moves. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are doing pretty good. I mean, they got Jawan Taylor. We talked about that on on Monday. Tershawn Ward, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about that as well. So mm-hmm. you know, the, you know uh, the the defending champs aren't resting on their laurels. So uh, we'll see what uh, happens there. Now, Washington, they got Jacoby Brissett because they need a. They don't know who the quarterback's going to be there. Uh, Nick Gates, uh, David Mayo, uh, Cameron Dancer. They claimed him off waivers from uh, Minnesota. So uh, they're putting together a little something. Has ever like any any signing or any team that you kind of like, are, are there like have made moves that kind of like scratch your head? Uh, no, I don't want to say scratch my head, but I thought it was a pretty interesting move going back to uh, the Bears and the Lions. Of course, David Montgomery being picked up by the Lions, he's going to mm-hmm. add a new dimension to that Lions offense, uh, especially in, with the running game. And we saw this at times here in Chicago. David Montgomery can catch out of the backfield, but. He was one of the league leaders of, of missed tackles at you know with running the ball. So I think that's going to be a very great dynamic as as you help out Jared Goff with the as the Lions trying to improve uh, to uh, get into the playoffs for the next season. And I think our guest is on. So uh, you know, as we you know get ready you know, for talk about some, uh, we didn't didn't mention we didn't mention Aaron Rodgers for uh, that reason. So uh, <laughs> those of you. For those of you who who had who were on you know, Fox and FS1, he was there on there for years. Now he is the lead, uh, you know, anchor and reporter for ABC Seven in New York City. We're gonna talk some, you know, a little bit. You know, I'm sure he's in a good mood now that his Spartans, you know, they just beat a uh, USC. So I'm sure he's in a good mood. They, they, they played in Columbus of all places, but uh, I'm sure he's in a very good mood uh, right now. He is the one, the only, the fabulous. You'll make his debut here, Mr. Ryan Field. Ryan, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Sydney and Lakina? And you know I'm in a good mood today. Can you guys see me? No. Uh, we cannot see you just yet. We can hear you, but we cannot see you. What is going on with the camera here? I remember my first Zoom call. 
<laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> well, it, it could be a Wi-Fi thing, but you know, well, look, look yeah, well, it, just, sa it says the camera is on. I don't know what's going on here. Well, yeah, it's, it's a little, yeah, it's a little weird, kind of off point, but you know, it, it's okay. You know, well, it, it's fine. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll just, you know, as long as we can hear you, you know, well, it, it's, 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 you know, totally, uh, you know, totally we'll roll fun. with it. We'll roll with it. We'll roll uh, with big it. win we'll for my Spartans today. Uh, you knew that, you knew the boys in green weren't going to lose on St. Patrick's Day. That just wasn't going to happen. No, no, exactly. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to your Spartans in just a second. Now, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Now, of course, he, you know, said on Pack McAfee that he made the decision, I guess, what, like months ago that he was going to go for, go with the Jets. They've made, you know, they made some moves. They brought back, you know, Alan Lazar, uh, Randall Cobb. I'm sure they they called Greg Jennings and perhaps maybe, uh, you know, John L. Driver, or perhaps maybe even a Jordy Nelson. You see where they're retiring. But uh, what do you think is going to happen with this? You know, will there be a deal made? How long do you think it's going to take? Uh, I mean, listen. Oh, okay. So we lost, uh, we lost Ryan there, but. Uh... Okay. Hopefully we get Ryan back on on the show in just a couple of minutes. But Lakina, like you said, uh, the, if you listen to the uh, various reports, uh, Aaron Rodgers made uh, some demands in terms of uh, wide receiver. Yeah, wide receivers. Uh, OBJ. You mentioned all the old ones he played with back in the day. I think it looks like we have our uh, Ryan back with us. Are you there, Ryan? And with a camera. How about that, yeah. guys? All right, yeah, all right. Listen, I, I, got, I got kicked out of the system, and then it brought me back on with a camera. So I don't know what happened. Maybe uh, a refresh. A refresh. Yeah, but a like, refresh. A re refresh. That's all you had to do. But as we were talking about, uh, as I was saying, though, they brought back, you know, kind of bring the bed back together. Like I said, I have, I'm surprised they didn't uh, ask you know, for Greg Jennings or, you know, Donald Driver or Jordy Nelson. <laughs> do you do you think, well, will there be a deal made? And do you think, will there be even some slip-ups? Because it's kind of, you know, the ball's basically on the Packers court. This point, right? Well, and that's an interesting question, Lakina, because you know you could argue that either side has the leverage at this point. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting in the sense that look, Green Bay knows they have to deal him. He doesn't want to be there anymore. They have this whole thing with his salary structure that they need to get worked out to help create some cap space. Uh, although there's still going to be a lot of dead money on the cap with Rodgers once they trade him. Um, but look, he doesn't want to be there. Uh, the Jets want him. The Jets want to make this happen. But if you're the Jets, are you playing on the Packers' desperation, knowing that they have to get rid of him and not giving them all their, um, not meeting all their needs, if you will? Uh, that's obviously an interesting dynamic here as this unfolds. But for Rodgers to say that he informed the Jets that he wanted to play with them and the Packers on Friday, and here we are a week later, and you have the only two teams in theory that are negotiating here with each other in this trade, and the fact that it's still not done leads you to believe that there's still a lot of hurdles. Uh, yet to be cleared. And if the Packers want to get a draft pick for this year's draft, uh, they're obviously going to have to have this done by late April. Uh, here we are in mid to late March. So in theory, this could drag on for a few more weeks as they try to hash out uh, what the compensation is going to be. Um, you know, if, if I'm the Jets, I'm hesitant to give up more than one first round pick. If I'm the Packers, I'm asking for multiple first round picks. So it's, it's a very interesting situation in the sense that we don't see a lot of this in sports today where everybody knows what's going to happen, um, but both sides are still trying to iron out a deal. And, and this could take, like I said, maybe even another month before we come to a resolution in all of this. Um, you know, outside of the draft being there and then uh, the June 1st deadline with the contract, um, you know, there's really not a lot of motivation to hurry up and get this done right now. So both sides can still kind of feel each other out for a few more weeks, but if Green Bay wants the Jets' first-round pick this year, then obviously they're going to have to get this done by late April.
Now, listen to sports uh, radio stations in your city, Ryan. I got, a, for my sense, I got a lot of mixed reactions listening to it. I got a, a lot of mixed reactions from Jets fans saying some people say they want Aaron Rodgers there, but some people say they don't because of his uh, condescending personality and whatnot. And let's be honest here. The Jets haven't had a real good history with franchise quarterbacks. So, uh, what's the sense you've been getting from, the, from uh, Jets Nation? I mean, listen, the, the Jets haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you're talking, you know, uh, 50 some years now. So Aaron Rodgers, as quirky as he is off the field, and he's definitely quirky. All you had to do was listen to his uh, YouTube show on Tuesday to fully appreciate mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, he can be controversial sometimes, you know, with the whole immunization thing and some of the things that he says. But listen, if this guy gets the Jets to the Super Bowl, none of that stuff is going to matter. And I think Jets mm -hmm. fans... You know, maybe there's a little PTSD from the Brett Favre scenario several years mm -hmm. back when they traded mm -hmm. for the Packers legend, but mm -hmm. he ended up having a shoulder issue and got hurt. But he was eight and three as a Jets starter before an injury happened. So that kind of derailed the whole thing. Um, Rodgers is durable, uh, still one of the top five quarterbacks, I would argue, in the NFL today, even at the age of 39. He's a four time MVP. Uh, his resume speaks for himself. And Jets fans, no matter what they say about his personality and the sort of baggage, if you will, that he brings, um, they would be thrilled to have this guy come in and light up the scoreboard and provide this franchise something they have not had since Joe Namath. Let's talk about the other team in New York, uh, Ryan, because I know that a lot of Giants fans are feeling kind of slighted since they've done a lot of stuff already. They got, you know, Daniel Jones got his big deal. Uh, they got you know, Paris Campbell. They re-signed Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, they got Darren Waller from a, from a trade from uh, Vegas, who I think his wife's not very happy. We were just talking about that before you came on. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about all the Giants who they've made so far? Yeah, I mean, look, Joe Shane comes in with a reputation for what happened up in Buffalo, and I think he's lived up to it. I think he's made smart, sensible moves. Uh, you could argue that Daniel Jones, they pay, overpaid him, uh, but they can get out after two years of that deal. Um, and frankly, they really didn't have any other options in terms of, you know, Dable likes Jones and, you know, he kind of, um, you know, ingratiated himself with the new coaching staff this past season. And, you know, he's not going to be a guy that, you know, lights up the statistical uh, numbers, if you will. But, you know, he proved to be a solid quarterback with his run pass combo. Is he overpaid? Absolutely. Um, but in today's day and age with quarterbacks, that's just the, uh, the going rate for salaries, for quarterbacks that can win you some games. Um, I like the Darren Waller pickup. I like the fact they brought back Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, I, I think the Giants are ready here to take the next step under Brian Dable and Joe Shane. And look, they had a lot of stuff to clean up uh, from the previous, re previous regime with Dave Gettleman. Uh, a lot of mistakes were made, a lot of uh, cap nightmare now as a result. Um, so there's going to be kind of a digging out process. But I think for the Giants to make the playoffs, win a playoff game in year one under this new regime, uh, the future is bright for Big Blue. As you mentioned, they're still trying to dig out a salary cap uh, situation. Do you think they're still going to ask Leonard Williams for a pay cut? Yeah, I mean, look, it. I think all options are on the table at this point. They just restructured someone today, and I'm, I'm blanking on who it was, but they just created like another $7, $7 million in cap space by reworking a contract. And look, they're going to have to get creative. Um, you know, Dave Gettleman did bring the Giants, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, so there was some good that was done under his tutelage and under his under his regime, under his watch, I should say. Um, but they, they've, there's been a lot more harm than good done. So they're going to have to 
uh, get creative here to kind of dig out of this salary cap hell that they're in. But this is why Joe Shane was brought in. He's, he's a bright young executive. Um, and Giants fans, I can tell you unequivocally, are happy with the direction of this franchise uh, just one year under this new regime. Talking with our, our new good friend, Ryan Field from ABC7 New York. Second State Sports on uh, Sports on Chicago, I should say. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now, let's go to the hardwood for a second, Ryan. Uh, New York Knicks, I mean, uh, they, they've won seven of their last ten. Uh, Julius Randle's looking looked really good. Now, they've actually been done without uh, Jalen Brunson. I know he's been uh, struggling with injury these last uh, few weeks. So people are saying that maybe perhaps, you know, they've had some win against Boston and, you know, I don't, you know, they, they don't have a couple of, um, you know, some uh, weird losses as well. But what do you think the ceiling is for uh, the Knicks? Could they perhaps maybe challenge the Bucks and the Sixers and the Celtics perhaps maybe get into the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, listen, there's no question that Jalen Brunson was arguably the best free agent pickup this offseason, and he has really changed the whole look and feel of this Knicks team, and you don't need any more proof than that than what they've done in his absence when they've struggled. They have won a couple games, but uh, they struggled a little bit on their West Coast trip without him. Uh, He's a difference maker, and at the point guard, much like we talk about the Jets quarterback, uh, it's been a long time since the Knicks have had a prominent point guard uh, who can put up numbers and, and make the team better, and he certainly has fit that bill. Um, do I think they're as good as the Bucks, the Celtics, or the Sixers? No, and I think that's ultimately, uh, barring an injury, of course, in the NBA playoffs, which, of course, we know can certainly alter things in a hurry. If a Joel Embiid gets hurt, if a Jason Tatum gets hurt, if a Giannis Antetokounmpo gets hurt, then all of a sudden maybe we're having a different conversation. Um, but for right now, I still see the Knicks – ceiling as the fourth best team in the east um there's a lot of uh you know monday morning quarterbacking going on here in regards to the donovan mitchell situation maybe they should have given up some of these first round picks that they've amassed to get donovan mitchell because then you throw him in there with jalen brunson and um you know they probably would have had to trade rj barrett but you bring him in with julius randall um and you know that's that's a nice big three there for the knicks and mitchell being such a dynamic player but They didn't pull the trigger, but they are in position now with all of this draft capital that Leon Rose has acquired and accumulated to go after a star player in the offseason to help complement some of these guys on the roster. But for right now, uh, barring something unforeseen happening, I think the uh, conference semifinals is as far as the Knicks will go in these playoffs. And speaking of that, Ryan, you brought up Donovan Mitchell. You kind of led into my next question. Uh, If the playoffs would start today, the Knicks would play the Cavaliers. What you, I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to give the, the Knicks a high high chance of, of beating beating Cleveland. Of course, uh, many Knicks fans talk about Donovan Mitchell uh, being that difference maker. Of course, after they signed Jalen Brunson, of course, we all know that the Mitchell deal that did not get done. But what percentage of a chance would you give the Knicks in beating the Cavaliers? I, should I that first round playing match happen? Yeah, I think that's a toss up series. I mean, Cleveland's really good. Uh, you know, with the Garlands and the Mitchells and the Evan Mobleys and Jared Allens. I mean, they've, they've got a nice young roster that they put together, uh, frankly, in a hurry. They've really turned the corner. Um, but I, I think with the Knicks veterans, coupled with the Madison Square Garden edge, um, you know, I, I would give the Knicks the slight advantage in that series, even though the Cavs will probably have home court. Um, but that'd be a heck of a series in the first round. I think we could all agree with that, that that would be a fun yeah. one to watch. Um, but if I had to pick right now, I'd say the Knicks, uh, Knicks, let's say Knicks and six would be my prediction for that series. Hmm, that'd be interesting. How do you think, how far do you think Knicks you know, can go? Can they perhaps maybe get there? Can, you know, can they perhaps, if they do get there, whoever they play in the West, do you think they could win the championship? 
Uh, well, if they made it to the finals, of course they can win the championship. But I don't, like I said, I think conference semifinals is their ceiling. I think they can win one playoff round, um, which I think they've only won one playoff round in the last like 12 years. So it's been, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some lean basketball years here as far as the Knicks are concerned in Manhattan. Um, but listen, uh, for the first time in a long time, you can really point to them having a bright future with some of the pieces they have in place with the Emmanuel Quickleys and the Quentin Grimes. Uh, you know, they, they've got a good young talent base surrounded, supplemented by the Julius Randles and the uh, Jalen Brunsons and the RJ Barretts. So uh, plus a, a bevy of draft picks. I think it's seven first round picks in the next three years. So um, they, they definitely are in position here to make some moves this offseason to really take a jump, I think, uh, in 23-24. We're hanging out with ABC7 Sports anchor from New York City, Ryan Field, right here on Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago City and Lakina hanging out here with you. Uh, we're less than two weeks away from the start of the baseball season, Ryan, and I'll start with the, uh, the bad news, not to rub it in, but the, the New York Nets. They lose closer uh, Edwin Diaz, it looks like, for, for the year at being injured at World Baseball Classic uh, the other day. Do you, what do you expect from the New York Mets this year? Uh, Steve Cohen, your owner, uh, he spent a lot of cash this offseason, and now you lose your closer. Do you still expect them to be competitive along with the Braves and the Phillies in the NL East? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot had to go right for the Mets to win the division uh, with those two teams that I think have gotten better in the offseason, uh, in the Phillies and the Braves. And now with this Diaz blow, I mean, it's hard to say that they're any better than third in the NL East. But, you know, they did sign David Robertson. They did bring back Adam Adovino. So two guys that have a lot of closing experience, um, you know, but it, it's hard to replace the guy who's arguably the best closer in the game and Diaz, who was just electrically lights out uh, last season in Queens. So um, the good news is this happened in March and not in August after the trade deadline. Uh, and there's a slim, slim, slim outside chance he could be back for the playoffs. Uh, if this, you know, sometimes these recoveries can last six months, which would put about mid-September. Um, but that's obviously the very best case scenario. So I think, you know, GM Billy Epler, Steve Cohen, they're going to put their heads together and they're going to go out, especially by the deadline when teams decide they want to be sellers and acquire some bullpen help. Um, you just hope by that point, you know, by, you know, midsummer that they're not so far back in the NL East that they can't catch these guys. But their rotation is as good as anybody's, uh, even with the Quintana injury. Uh, he'll be back midseason, um, and their, their offense is still really good. So the Mets are still going to be making a whole ton of noise. It just sucks that this time of year when uh, hope springs eternal, quote-unquote, you're dealing with such a, such a gut punch here, uh, something like this, and especially the way that it happened in the WBC. Yeah, just you know, just go you know, crazy. Hopefully, he'll, he'll he could you know, come back. You know, if they do make it far into the the playoffs, let's talk about the Yankees though for a second. Of course, you know, they got Aaron Judge back. You got Garrett Cole. That's a pretty competitive AL East. You know, what do you think the chances are? Perhaps maybe you know, weigh the division again. Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees are the best team in the division. I mean, obviously, the Blue Jays are going to have something to say about that. I don't think the Red Sox were going to hear much from them. Uh, the Rays are always uh, finding a way to you know hang around. Um, but I think the Yankees win the division, but I still think at this point, I still don't see them beating Houston. And I feel like we've been having this same narrative here, uh, since 2017, that they are just not the best team in the American league. Um, now does that mean they can't go out and acquire somebody here at the deadline? I mean, they basically have the same offense as last year, um, you know, outside of a Volpe or, uh, you know, as Waldo Cabrera, 
uh, Peraza, some of those kids coming in and really making some noise. But, you know, they basically have the same offense. And, you know, is their starting rotation a whole lot better? I mean, now Rodon is hurt. Um, Harrison Bader, their center fielder, is hurt. I mean, I feel like that's all we've talked about here in New York. So thus far here in spring training is all these injuries that have affected the teams. Um, but as it stands right now, I think the Yankees are the best team in the AL East, but still the second best team in the American League. All right, Ryan, let's do that hockey. And it looks like all, looks like maybe two at worst, but maybe all three of your teams are with the yeah. Islanders, the Rangers, and De- New Jersey Devils are yeah. going to participate in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But I'll start with the Rangers. You got our, you have our guy now, Patrick Kane from the yeah. Chicago Blackhawks. He's pairing up with our Tim Pernier. Both uh, they did great things while they were in the Blackhawks uniform, but. It uh, looks like uh, at least the, the road to the Eastern Conference Finals may go through uh, Boston with the Bruins, of course. Uh, the Rangers, uh, the last few years, they almost got over that hump but couldn't quite do it. Of course, you saw what happened last year in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, what percentage would you give the Rangers the ch- uh, a chance to get out of the East? Or not just get out of the East, but first, you know, hopefully, if, for me as a fan, hopefully uh, if, they, if the Rangers can meet up with the Boston Bruins, what percentage uh, would you give that? Uh, match yeah, ahead I mean, the playoffs. Look, obviously Boston's the best team in the East, but I don't need to tell you guys that the NHL playoffs are, are probably the most unpredictable of the big four sports. Yeah. Uh, with all the puck luck and crazy bounces and, you know, mm-hmm. upsets galore happen all the time in the NHL playoffs. Uh, Boston is still the best team. Uh, Patrick Kane has brought a little spark here to the Rangers. Uh, we know what he brings to the table. Uh, there's still been some kind of feeling out with him and Panarin. The Rangers have played better here the last week or so. Um, and I think they're only going to get better as the playoffs approach. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see them going into the Eastern Conference Finals and playing Boston and having a real chance to win that series. Um, you know, especially with Shesterkin, who's such a good netminder. Uh, you know, I think they'd have a real shot of going all the way to the Stanley Cup Final. And, uh, frankly, wouldn't that be quite the story? Yeah, absolutely. No. I'm, so, I'm still a little uh, contented with uh, Panera not being here in Chicago. I'm still a little upset about that. It's been about three years, but I'm still upset about that. Last moment or two with uh, ABC7 New York's Ryan Field on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Now, Ryan, uh, of course, you know, uh, as you just saw, we, we forgave you because I, I figured you were, you wanted to focus on the USC-Michigan State game. Michigan got a nice win. Probably the best I've seen Michigan play in the, like, the last couple of weeks. Do you think they could go far, perhaps maybe pull off the upset against Marquette, assuming yeah. they play each other? Right. Assuming Marquette wins. I mean, look, it's hard to bet against Tom Izzo this time of year. Um, You know, there's years where they've kind of come from out of nowhere and made a run all the way to the final four. I don't think they have that type of team this year. Uh, But I do think that a Marquette team that's had some pretty impressive wins, but also uh, some very puzzling losses this season. They did look great in the Big East tournament, as you guys saw. Um, But I do think they're beatable. Do I think Michigan State can beat Marquette on Sunday? Absolutely, if they play. Um, if nothing else, for the uh, Izzo bringing the tourney resume that he does and knowing how to prepare on such a short window, uh, that's really where he's made his mark. When he wins that first game of the weekend, uh, his his record this, in the second game of that weekend, he's got like some sort of 750 win percentage or something like that. That um, you know, there's a reason why he's one of the best coaches uh, in all of basketball. So I think um, just from a coaching standpoint, I would kind of give Michigan State the nod in that game. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, as a Michigan State alum, this is always an exciting time of year and you just never know what we're going to get. <laughs> uh, last question from me, uh, Ryan. Of course, Lakina brought up uh, part of your resume earlier. Of course, you I remember you working at FS1 and Fox Sports. But before then, I remember you uh, covering the Pistons for 
Fox Sports Detroit. I got NBA League Pass back in the day. And I, I'll, I'm sure you, you've been asked this moment before, but I think this was during Jason Maxiel, former NBA players, uh, rookie season back in the 07-08 season. You were doing your halftime hit. Now, I believe this was the Pistons versus the Hawks. And uh, did you realize this moment was coming up? Of course, Jason Maxiel, he was a rookie. Then he got hit by the basketballs by all of his teammates. Did you, know, <laughs> did you know that moment was coming up or were you surprised just like the rest of us? Well, first off, I saw Lakina clapping when you brought up the Pistons. Lakina, are you a Pistons fan? No, no, but I remember that moment, though. Oh, so. okay. You know, cause I was going to say, you're on in Chicago. I don't know if I'd be admitting that to too many people. No, no, no. <laughs> if you were I rooting like for Kate, the Pistons. I do, like Kate, I do like Kate Cunningham, though, so I'm hoping he can yeah, come back. Yeah, well, I, I like Kate Cunningham, too, and I, I, I'd love for my Pistons to play uh, being a Detroit guy. I'd love for them to start playing some meaningful basketball for the first time in a long time. But going back to that moment with Rashid, it's on YouTube if uh, people want to check it out. Yeah, he was just chucking the balls at Jason Maxiel, which were uh, whizzing by me as I'm yeah. doing my live report. Yep. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you follow the NBA back in those days, and Rashid was a character. I mean, he was so yes. good as a player, but he had this uncanny ability to make light of any moment and really kind of bring out the best in his teammates because he had a way of, uh, you know, making people laugh and keeping the mood light. And that was just another kind of like a big kid, if you will. And that, mm -hmm. that was that was one of those moments that uh, quickly became a YouTube sensation. I did not know it was coming, but the, the first ball hit me right in the calf. So I knew that we were uh, <laughs> we were in for a little bit of a distracting uh, on camera hit but look these are all the perils of the job that come when you're on the sidelines because you never know what's going to happen you got balls flying at you yeah. you know players flying at you who the hell knows what's going to happen but that was certainly uh that was certainly an all-timer that was a classic yeah absolutely and uh, also to your look your lions are, are playing very well of course they kept the packers from going to the playoffs and yeah uh, all, yeah, yeah well, that's something we can all agree on isn't that yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. exactly and uh you know uh last question for me uh what do you think about your lions could you think you know look you know the packers you know aaron Rodgers, a lot of those guys are gone you know the bears are still rebuilding the vikings we know what what you're what they're gonna do so do you like your lions chances you know, or the marlies compete in the division again? yeah i mean listen they won eight of their last 10 and and i would argue by the end of the season and you know this might not be a popular opinion but i would argue they were the fourth best team in the nfc by the time the season was over with um they were playing as well as anyone and uh talking to a couple of my 49er buddies uh they wanted no part of the lions in the playoffs because of the way that they were playing <laughs> Um, and that would have been the matchup had they gotten in. But um, I, I think, look, now that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, think about this. If you guys are Bears fans and I'm a Lions fan, I mean, we've had to deal with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers since 1991. Like, what the hell yeah. is going on? <laughs> I mean, or 92, I think is what it was. But, I mean, it's, it's a long time of just having two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in that division <laughs> and, frankly, just running things. Uh, for the better part of 30 years. So I think we can all celebrate the fact that Rodgers is out of the division, and I don't care what people say about Jordan Love. He is not going to be as good as Aaron Rodgers. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where does this open the door for the Lions? Absolutely. I, I think the Bears have had a really nice offseason, um, you know, and they still have a bunch of cap space with money to spend. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think the NFC North is going to be as wide open as it's been in a long time next year. And I fully expect the Lions to uh, to be there when it's all said and done. 
All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. This has been so much fun. We got to have you on as we get closer to the football season, especially yes. where people can find you on your know, social media. And then, you know, for those of you folks who live out there in New York City, where people can find you on ABC7. Appreciate it, guys. Lakina, Sydney, pleasure being on with you today. All right. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Keep up the great work. Yeah. All right. So that was ABC7's Ryan Field on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. All right. Where can people follow him on social media? Lakina, I know you're getting ready to. Yeah, I would say Ryan Field ABC, and I believe uh, yeah, okay. Ryan Field Seven on uh, Instagram. Of course, is ill. He had we really get a chance to ask, but he's, oh, he went to Europe recently, so we get a chance to we didn't have time. But uh, yeah, we got to talk to him about that. Uh, yeah, but that was a okay. lot of fun uh, having him on. With yeah, us. we're definitely have to have him back on because it's get you know this is a, a, a busy time of year in sports with college basketball going on. Of course, baseball season starting. Of course, it looks like two uh, at worst two of the three area uh, NHL teams will get into the playoffs. So it's, it's an exciting time, a busy time. For, for a New York sports fan. So we'll definitely have him back. And you know it's going to be a whole lot of drama between those two baseball teams with the Mets and Yankees. So we'll definitely have him back for that. Yeah, four, yeah you can check him out on 4, 6, and 10, I think, on uh, in, in New York, Eastern time in New York. Yeah. So, uh, you know, every uh, week weeknight. So he's a lead anchor for them. So uh, go to SH's website. You can see his reports as well. So Yeah, it's all right it. there. Yeah, his reports, yeah. all videos is all right there for you. So uh, as I can see, Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Uh, okay, updates here. Of course, we talked about Michigan State uh, beat U- uh, USC. Uh Xavier and Kennesaw State are now tied at 67 uh, in the final second. So, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Kennesaw State was up eight points late, but Xavier found uh, uh, fought their way back and tied it. Like you say, it's 18.3 seconds uh, left, and we are tied at 67. Chris Youngblood for Kennesaw State fouled out. He had 14 points. Yeah, that, that he's our leading scorer, too, so that's, that mm-hmm. might be a big blow for uh, for them as well. Uh, so yeah, so that's going to be a big blow f- uh, for them. We'll see what happens in eighteen point three, especially if they go to overtime. Uh, Baylor is up five against UCSB, and uh, back and forth game between VCU and uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's is up as they're wrapping up uh, the the first half, twenty eight twenty nine. So, and UVM and Marquette, they're about to tip off in about two minutes. So yeah, okay. so a lot of uh, great, uh, you know, a lot of great basketball action going on right now. So uh, we can't we get a chance to go to breaks it, but yeah, but let's let's talk about uh, the NBA real quick. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the Bulls. Uh, I, <laughs> De'Aaron Fox uh, hit the I dagger know, with, with point yeah De'Aaron with point seven seconds left at the United Center on Wednesday as the Sacramento Kings come from behind to beat the Chicago Bulls one seventeen to one fourteen. The Bulls are six games under five hundred at thirty one and thirty seven, while Sacramento improved their record to forty one and twenty seven. As I said. Almost all season, Lakina Mike Brown, the head coach of the Sacramento Kings, he's your head coach of the year. As far as the Bulls' uh, contributions were concerned, 33 points, a, a game high from uh, DeMar DeRozan. Zach Levine had 25. He struggled shooting, though, only 7 for 22 mm-hmm. from the field overall. But Patrick Williams had 13 points for re- four rebounds coming off the bench. Kobe White contributed with 12 points coming off the bench. But Lakina, uh, Ayo Desuma in 28 minutes, uh, struggled offensively. Uh, Vucevic had another double-double, another double-double, 20 points, 14 rebounds. But as we said all year, we said this at various points around this time a year ago, they struggled to make that key defensive play down the stretch. And, and it was another bad example on Wednesday. 
Yeah, that was yeah, that was just a shot, you know. He that, that you know my box. I mean, that was he was a hot hand, and that looked, mm -hmm. there was another really another really more I, I could do with that, you know, with that shot that he um he made. So uh, you know, that was you know, look, they were up sixteen, you know, they came back and. Look, you can feel better knowing that look, you know, look, the Kings are the number two seed in the West right now as we're recording this. So they'll be interested mm -hmm. to see if they can keep it up. Now, this is actually going to be the latest that they've uh, had and you know had you know being in the top two. I mean, this is sort of you know mm -hmm. they're over five hundred for uh, the first time this late in the season. This is oh four oh five. Of course, you know Demonis Sabonis, who's been the Bulls' killer the last few years. You know, yeah, going back to his Pacer days. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he helped contributed to that comeback by the the, the Kings. So. uh at least right now they're making a big show for it, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up. But yeah, that that's going to be very interesting. So uh, let's get right let's get right to some of the games that what 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 struck you this week in NBA real quick. Uh, Philadelphia uh, bounced back with a big win at Cleveland on Wednesday, one eighteen to one hundred nine. As I said before, uh, Joel Embiid is my top uh, candidate for MVP right now. He's been playing very well and staying healthy throughout the majority of the season. Anthony Davis uh, sat a game. <laughs> Uh, for a load management BS, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, as the Lakers lose at, at Houston by four points, 114 to 110. Uh, the Lakers still hanging around uh, that play-in tournament, uh, tournament spot as Portland's been struggling too. And, and speaking of a Western another Western Conference team trying to participate in that play-in tournament, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they lose a heartbreaker on Wednesday uh, at home against Boston, 104-102. You, you would think with the Bulls hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight at the UC, the Bulls could take advantage of this, right? You would think because you of Minnesota, they're being, yeah, you, uh, they're being carried by Anthony Edwards, the first-time All-Star all year, especially due to the injuries to Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I think that's going to be you know, the thing with the Bulls uh, tonight. As uh, you know, we're, sorry, I'm getting a little distracted. Uh, had uh, the Kansas State had a couple of chances. Looks like you know, they was going to hang on. They only got 1.6 seconds left, so uh, in that game. But yeah, going back to the Bulls, you hope they can keep taking advantage of that. I mean, look, they still got you know, with everyone else losing, you know, they still got a shot to win that. Uh, you know, to to get into that uh, that that last spot in the play-in. So I know people want them to tank at this point. That's not going to happen. So. Uh, you know, I think you know Bulls are just you know fans just kind of like relaxing and enjoy the the weird ride that is uh, coming up. Now, now, Miami, real quick on Wednesday got a nice win, a much needed win against Memphis, one thirty thirty eight one nineteen. Bam had twenty six points uh, for uh, the Heat, so uh, they are staying kind of like right in there. And I know they played them on Sunday, so I'm, I'm a, yeah. <laughs> and speak, so I'm, yeah, speaking real quick, just to, just a mention, we don't have to go into a discussion with this, but. Right. John Morant, the, the star point guard for Memphis Grizzlies, yeah. has been suspended eight games. The eight six games. games that he missed already counts towards that eight-game suspension. But so he's going to be gone at least the uh, last, uh, the next couple of games. And he gave a um, he gave an interview to ESPN's Jalen Rose the other night. For those of you who missed, you, you can catch it on YouTube. But that's the latest with John Morant. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can come back. And I, I guess they put a hammer hammer down that they can't let they're not letting you know, their guys stay there not too long. You know, only like one night. Like, look, mm -hmm. these guys, these are, these are grown men. These are not, this is not coach Carter. They're not high school kids or even right. <laughs> these are grown men. You, you can't, you can't do that. So uh, yeah, good luck signing free agents, Grizzlies. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's go into uh, this week's uh, games. Yeah. Uh, one so more game, uh, Lakina from Wednesday before you move on. Uh, the Clippers finally got a big win despite Steph Curry uh, scoring 50 points for the Warriors. The Clippers beat the, the Warriors 134 to 126 on, on Wednesday. Kawhi Leonard, 30 points. As long yeah. as him and Todd George stay hot, uh, they can make their move. 
Well, remember, too, the Warriors, they were on the road. So we know the world has been an issue for the Warriors yeah, this year. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not that surprised that the Clippers were able to, but yeah, but they were able to hang on. And uh, look, you know, despite uh, Steph having his best show and his coming back with 50 points. So, you know, mm-hmm. that that's, yeah, that whole thing is going to be interesting to see what happens there. Of course, Sacramento got the big win against the Nets uh, last night as well. Toronto trying to make things interesting there. And that that mm-hmm. bottom, you know, that, uh, that um that play in so we'll be interested to see what happens there. Now going now going to uh, mm-hmm. tonight's matchup Friday this weekend. Take a little break from the uh the uh the March Madness. Philly uh is playing Charlotte at six o'clock. The first game of the NBA TV double header. You got of course you know uh the get the women's tournament going on on ESPN. So that's why they're on a- a- NBA TV. Golden State and Atlanta. That should be a fun one. Atlanta struggled has struggled a little bit since you know Quizar took over. So that's mm-hmm. gonna be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Washington Cleveland. You know. Go Cavs if you're a Bulls fan, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Come <laughs> so, on, Minnesota and Chicago at 7 o'clock, too. All right, finishing out tonight's schedule, we'll have New Orleans at Houston at 7 o'clock. The Grizzlies without John Morant there at San Antonio at 7 o'clock. And wrapping up tonight's schedule, we have Boston at Portland at 9 o'clock. The Blazers have been struggling real uh, um, real bad these last couple of weeks. And, of course, uh, the second half of the NBA TV doubleheader tonight, we'll have the Dallas Mavericks visiting the Los Angeles Lakers. That's at night, though. Yeah, too bad LeBron's not playing, but uh, yeah, I know. They said he's not been improving, so we'll see what happens. The Lakers are two games uh, below 500. Mm, interesting. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow's games, you got Denver and New York at noon, high noon. Uh, then you've got uh, Orlando and the Clippers at two o'clock. I think the Kings are playing later that day. That's why, you know, again, with the early, yeah, uh, and I think with the Knicks, I believe the New York Rangers are playing at night, yeah, too. So, yeah, so that's why it hits the early uh matchups, you know, there in the NBA, uh, Philadelphia and uh, Indiana. If you're if you're a Bulls fan, you're cheering for Philly, uh, Minnesota and Toronto go their first, you know, the second one back to back, of course, you know, at six o'clock, of course, they play the Bulls tonight and then they play Toronto tomorrow. Yep, the Timberwolves and, and ooh, the Raptors play tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Uh, finish out the Saturday night schedule. We'll have the Sacramento visit Washington at 7 o'clock. Golden State at uh, Memphis Grizzlies again without John Moran. That's at 7 o'clock. That's the NBA TV Saturday night game of the uh, game of the day. And wrapping up tomorrow night schedule, we'll have Boston at Utah at 8 p.m. Sunday, 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 you got Denver and Brooklyn at 2.30. Then you got the Suns. As they can you know, start their East Coast trip, uh, they face OKC. Uh, well, not you know on the road trip, not East Coast road trip. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Atlanta and San Antonio at three. They got Miami. They're going over on a back to back. Yo, they face Detroit at six o'clock. And wrapping up the Sunday night schedule, we'll have New Orleans at Houston at six o'clock. We have Toronto at Milwaukee at seven o'clock. That's a Sunday night TV game for NBA TV. Uh, wrapping up the Sunday night schedule, we'll have the, the Clippers at the Blazers at 8 o'clock. And at 8.30, we'll have Orlando at Los Angeles as Orlando will wrap up their back-to-back state in Los Angeles. This time, they'll face Anthony Davis, hopefully, in the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. That's at 8.30. And that is scheduled for you guys. your schedule for this weekend in NBA. As you listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown with you as we wrap things up. Some sports media news to talk about Uh Chicago's very old. Of course, he's from here. And of course, you guys are seeing him right now as we speak, you know, doing doing his thing on CBS with their uh, you know, the college hoops coverage. Greg Gullman signed an, a new uh TV deal with CBS. Now he will still be doing the uh, the college hoops and stuff, but he will no longer be doing the NFL you know, this, this coming season. So uh 76 years old. I didn't know this man was 76. Like we were talking about right before we started recording, Sid. I mean, I yeah. had, <laughs> I had no clue. 
And remember, Brian, his brother Brian's even is like over a year older, so he's mm-hmm. about seventy-eight, and he doesn't look it either. So, like, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're selling that family, but they should sell, follow and sell whatever it is they're, uh, they're doing. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, of course, yeah, of course, Greg Garber has been uh, doing great uh, with his work throughout all these years. Of course, for those of you living in New York City, uh, he did the Knicks games for a while, substitute for Marv Alvin on MSG for a while. He was actually one of the first uh, DJs on WFAN in New York when they started in 1987. Most people didn't know that. I didn't know that. Didn't know that either until mm-hmm. I saw that 30 from their 30 Mike and the Mad Dog from a couple years ago. So uh, he's been around for a long time. Of course, he did NBC for a minute after the NFL uh, lost his contract to CBS back in the day. He did the the NFL and the NBA on NBC right. for yes. the mill uh, a few years in the '90s before CBS got the NFL back, which they still do have now. Of course, Grant Gobble uh, went back there, and of course, he was the first black play-by-play man to call uh, mm-hmm. to call the Super Bowl. He did the Giants Ravens Super Bowl in 2000, and he did the Carolina New England Super Bowl following the 2003 season. So, uh, this man has been. Uh, uh, in front of our uh, front of our television screens for a long time, been part of some historical events. He, he did a great job called the NFL. He'll still, he'll still do a great job of doing college basketball. Yeah, yeah, he'll be yeah he'll be seventy yeah he'll be seventy uh, seven, and I believe by the time the season starts. So hopefully, uh, this means that our buddy Spiro Diaz will go up. Uh, will will go up you know, up the pike. You know, he'll have a full mm-hmm. NFL schedule. You got you got to think that you because know, you remember Adam Marshalletta, who you know, almost paired with the last few years in the NFL side. Mm-hmm. He'll be without. He's going to need a new partner too. So like, does everybody go up? Do they do more sh- reshuffling? Except of course with Janice and Tony Romo. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, and also too with college basketball, we're watching March Madness right now. This is Jim Nance's last run as the lead voice of college basketball. He'll still call NFL games, but this is his last run as uh, the lead voice of college basketball because I believe our Iron Eagle is going to take his spot mm-hmm. starting next season. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so uh, not not really a change of the guard, but sort of like, you know, guys, you know, of course, you know, like you said, Nance is still going to be doing some uh, NFL. He's going to do golf as well. So mm-hmm. now, now, yeah, now he's going to be you know, lighting his schedule up a little bit, you know, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be cheering for his Houston Cougars to get in uh, into, yeah. uh, you know, to somehow you know, make it to a Final Four in Houston, but uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting, though. Like you, like you said, Sid. But uh, yeah. And uh, real quickly, uh, before we uh, disperse, uh, Diamond Sports, of course, they declare bankruptcy, and uh, they still have not paid uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. It looks like they ain't gonna pay a few more teams either. As I, I uh, skimmed through that article um, uh, on the net uh, earlier this morning. Uh, if, as should the worst, even uh, of course, Diamond Sports, who owns Bally Sports, they filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy uh, the other day. Uh, if this continues to get uh, get uh, worse, as we less than two weeks away from the start of the regular season, will will Major League Baseball production uh, step in to uh, rescue those those teams like Arizona, San Diego, Cincinnati, and Cleveland? Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, they don't get uh, they'll get their situation straight up uh, in less than two weeks. Major League Baseball, they said uh, they were going to step in and put those games on MLB TV, and those fans and those markets will receive, will, can watch those games for free. Yeah, I, I hope so because I mean they they shouldn't have to put the brunt of what and, and like we've been we've been talking about it. I mean, look, the RSNs, you know, the thing with the RSNs, you know, that that's becoming like a you know they're not no longer you know needed. So of course, right? Because now, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Right, because you got you got, you got you got streaming now. You got you know all these mm-hmm. other. You got YouTube and such. So yeah, you know, unfortunately, these are becoming obsolete now. Thankfully, you know, here in Chicago, you know, here in Chicago, we don't have to worry about that just yet. Or even though they're mm-hmm. having their own issues, but 
you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes with Diamond Sports. I mean, I think they, they bit off more than they could chew, and now they're kind of stuck with some of these, not being able to pay some of these teams. Yeah, uh, of course, Bally Sports broadcasts uh, some NBA games and some, of course, locally, NHL. not here in, in, in NHL. So uh, those seasons are getting ready to wrap up in about three weeks with the playoffs uh, arrived. So they won't have too much problem with that, but they won't have any issues with that. But baseball, we know it's treated like a regional sport, just like the NHL during the regular season. But uh-huh. a whole lot of people uh, listen to baseball games and watch baseball games, whether you're into it or not, as background noise and so. This is very important, especially in those markets like San Diego, Cleveland. Yes. Yep. Uh, they, they expect their teams to contend this year. If you don't, if you can't find a comparable situation for your fans to watch those games, uh, 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 that's going to be trouble for you. Yeah, it's it's very off with that now. Uh, from what I've read, the uh, the World Baseball Classic race have been okay. Oh, they're, they're setting records in Japan. I think they're getting like Super Bowl kind of you know type records mm-hmm. in Japan. Uh, but, you know, of course, we saw we talked about it with Ryan earlier, the Edwin Diaz injury. That was just like terrible. And I, you know, if you saw, you know, how it all, you know, kind of transpired, I mean, they were just, they were just, yeah. he was just celebrating. He was just celebrating a big win for Puerto Rico. And look what happened. It's just like, yeah, it's, a, it's a little nutty, but you know, it's, I know they had aired some of the game. Some of the games on MLB Network released the replays yeah, that I caught, but, but they're on Fox the Sports too. They're not on the yeah. big Fox. And, no, and I think that's what's hurt the viewership here in the United States. Yeah, I think that's. Cause I don't think I don't think there's a lot of interest in the World Baseball Classic unless you're like a just a not big here, sports not fan. In the United States, no. Yeah, and it, it's just like you know, I heard um, yeah. you know some people said that you know maybe they should do maybe basketball should do what uh, baseball is doing. You know, baseball they got a lot of their pros and such, but uh, I mean, look at you know, look if these guys want to play for their country, it's fine. I know Tim Anderson's been kicking butt. I know Lance Lynn's been kicking butt for the White Sox mm-hmm. too. You know, but. I'm sure if you're a White Sox fan, Sid, I know I'll ask you, do you would you would you rather not? Selfishly, no, fans? because your allegiance is to the White Sox, but at the same time, you can't stop them from playing for their home well, countries if they country, want yeah. to. But we were talking about this with the NHL a couple of years ago, and when they didn't send their players to play in the winter, um, they were having issues if they wanted to send their players over to play in these last uh, um Winter Olympic Games because those players now obviously that counts for something you get a gold medal and uh, I always tell people all the time that don't follow hockey into the playoffs uh, the the equal intensity to the Stanley Cup playoffs is Olympic hockey there's nothing like it and you really see those players go go out for a gold medal so yeah I mean I feel like yeah the, yeah I, I kind of feel like you and because I heard uh, what you you sent me you know, that there were some people that said that maybe maybe they'd be, uh, it's going to basketball so for a second they should you know, get rid of the pros and such. Why would you do that? Especially since now they've, you know, they were sort of like right at that level. Now the other countries are. So you want to go back to mm-hmm. having, you know, guys, you know, from college, you know, you want a Drew Temme or a You don't want, no, you don't want that. They'll come on. A, you, you don't want a Tim Anderson or an Aaron Judge. I don't even think he's playing. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying it for example purposes, but I don't want that either. So yeah, I think, you know, I think it's silly for people to say, oh, well, the pro shouldn't play. Okay, make it an even play field then. Have all amateurs or have or have all pros. So I think people need to kind of chill on that. But yeah, that's a business decision as well. We know superstars sell. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of them want to play for their country, so it's fine. But that's mm-hmm. saying you follow me, Kina McGee on the Twitter and Akina underscore on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80 SIDKID80. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. And we're available on all podcast platforms where you get your podcasts. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes, we'd like to thank Mr. Ryan Field, the sports TV anchor and host from ABC7 in New York City. As Lakina said, follow him on social media. And make sure you go to abc7newyork.com and catch all of his sports uh, reports. He's on daily in the New York City tri-state area. We're definitely going to have him back at some point. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And also, don't forget, Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. You know, Mm -hmm. go to your app store, uh, whatever device you're on, you know, whether it's your laptop, uh, you know, your your smartphone or or, or your television. Just, you know, type in on your Roku TV app, you know, know, type in Sports on Chicago is right there. You can check out our show, Sean and Maya. Uh, what's up, cuz? The Smoke Fellas. I know they're gonna have a great show coming up uh, this uh, tomorrow. So uh, anywhere, anywhere, wherever you want. So uh, you know, it's all right there for you. Yep. And I don't know about you, Lakin, but I'm going back and turning on this TV and this laptop to enjoy the rest of the tournament for this weekend. Because as I said before to people, uh, this is one of the best times of the year to be a sports fan. Like I said, baseball is around the corner. In the first two days, the first weekend of March Madness, we have games going on all day. You, you cannot beat it. And you can actually watch them too, because I remember way back when you know you had to get stuck with, you know, especially here, you had to get stuck with whatever uh, a Big Ten game. And a lot of the times, those games were boring. So yes, <laughs> yes, it, it was so. very regionalized back then. <laughs> yeah, thank God for technology. Thank God for uh, cable and streaming. You know, thank you very much. Yes. So, so enjoy all the games. You know, and such everybody, all the you know the. Uh, you know, like I said, all the you know the NBA, the college hoops, of course, on the women's side too. They're starting right now as mm-hmm. uh, as we as we speak too. Um, you know, got soccer going on, you got golf going on. So yeah, a lot. This is a, a cornucopia of stuff for uh all you sports fans out there. So enjoy it, everybody. If you're gonna go out and say Patrick say tonight, make sure or, or this weekend, you know, make sure you guys stay safe. You know, don't drink mm-hmm. and drive, don't do any other foolishness and such. So uh, for Sid, I'm Lakita. This is Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. Love, peace, and hair grease. Holla!